Good morning. I have a question for you this morning. Uh, what does hope feel like to you? I want you to sit for a minute and think about like what sensations in your body you think of when you think of hope. Recently, I was given this prompt for a journal reflection in class. What does hope feel like? I wrote, hope feels like being in this body, really in this body. It is a head held tall, a lengthening of the spine, a full inhale deep into the gut, a gentle expanding in the shoulders. It is the choice, it is the movement carrying us through the door. Maybe you can feel it too. Or maybe hope evokes different sensations for you. But to me, hope is an active choice and a forward motion. And remembering this helps me live, hopefully, in unlikely circumstances. Thinking back to where I first heard that hope, learned that hope feels like movement, I remember when I started getting into growing food in college. Because I first learned about gardening and seed saving at this time in my life, it, I feel like college is a time where anything new and exciting feels nothing short of revolutionary. When I first spent my time at a community garden workday, and seed-saving workshops. Um, I started reading every book. I took every class that I could, um, that my school offered on food systems. This marked a turning point for me in imagining what it meant to create a just and sustainable world. The summer that I turned 20 was spent living in my first ever apartment with my close friend who managed one of our campus gardens. In a time of feeling overwhelming disillusionment about state politics, I'm from North Carolina, and trying to keep my head above the water in the middle of the 2016 presidential campaign, living with and learning from my queer pagan gardener friend was just what I needed. On hot, muggy days, we would spend long mornings in the wildly overgrown jungle that quickly became one of my spiritual homes. We would fight off bugs and weeds and come home sweating with dirty clothes and sore muscles. And we would also come home with buckets full of produce that we were tasked by our school administration with figuring out what to do with. We would take most of our harvest to local organizations that were combating food scarcity in our community, which gave us the opportunity to meet and connect with the people around us who were engaged in creating a just Appalachian food system. And there was always enough to fill our fridge with bright greenery and interesting things to try to pickle. We had a cardboard box in the corner piled high with garlic, a makeshift herb drying rack propped against our living room wall, and trays of broccoli starts lining the floor in the hallway. The garden practically took over our apartment. In our comings and goings, our physical environment was a reminder of the abundance that we were creating through our labor. And we could feel it in our shoulders aching at the end of the day. We felt it in the laughter we shared hunched over garden beds, or using the alchemy of the kitchen to turn plants into food. We felt it in our full bellies and our well-nourished souls. My birthday cake that year, which I can still practically taste, was decorated with raspberries and bright golden squash blossoms. This was the summer that I first learned about hope in a tangible way that I could touch and describe and feel in my core. We got to use our bodies to pour care into this little patch of land and it would feed us back tenfold. And through it, we were able to live out our belief in abundance, 
by sharing the surplus with our wider community. Out working in the garden, we found hope in embodied movement. In 2003, Unitarian Universalist author Frances Moore LePay and her daughter Anna LePay published the book Hope's Edge. Uh, it's the next diet for a small planet, which details wisdom that they accumulated while traveling the world and learning from people who they see as living out new possibilities for hope. I first read Hope's Edge over a year ago, and I returned to it recently. I'm realizing how much I internalized some of these lessons and how much they are shaping my own theology even today. There's a quote from this book that has been working in me ever since I first read it without me even realizing it. In the conclusion of Hope's Edge, the authors write, hope we are learning comes from a place deep within. Hope is not what we find in evidence, it is what we become in action. We become hope because we are alive. We become hope because our planet needs us to, and our hope can spur us on to take our own stand to choose. Again, hope is not what we find in evidence. It is what we become in action. It's 2019 now. When writing this, I tried to think of listing all of the communal, societal, and global catastrophes that we are faced with on a daily basis, but you can think of them just fine without my help. This statement, hope is not what we find in evidence, is frankly relieving because the evidence isn't looking so great right now. Even more, it's freeing. If we are hopeful in times of despair, we don't have to feel bad and that we've made some objectively incorrect assessment of the facts. Rather, when we are hopeful in times of despair, we are making a choice to resist, a choice that enables us to move forward in search of possibilities that we cannot yet envision. It is this action, Francis and Anna say, where we find hope. We find hope when we take action in the direction of possibility to live day in and day out in ways that nourish our world. And it is only possible when we do this while moving in the context of our communities of hope, because it is really hard to be energized and inspired by simply internal motivation. We need to be loved and nourished by our communities, and we need communities that let us love and nourish them in return. It is living in mutual relationship and being able to witness our actions having a positive impact on others that keeps us engaged, that empowers us to keep choosing hope. I know that I have felt the farthest from hope in times when I feel stagnant and distant from my communities. We humans live on this planet with an innate need to have purpose and to have avenues to act on this purpose and to do so in ways that help us feel a sense of belonging in our communities. When faced daily with catastrophes in the news, compounded by a sense of disconnect from those around us, we feel immobilized, and it is incredibly difficult to feel as if our actions have any impact at all. While there is a time and a place for quiet stillness and reflection, like I think that we have church for that, movement is where we can live new possibilities in our bodies. This is why the summer of 2016 was such a hopeful one, despite all that was going on around us. In the context of this small garden and that little apartment kitchen, I felt like I was creating something good in the world and having a chance to grow my relationship to my friend, to our community, to the earth, and to myself in a very literally embodied way. I ask you to think about what your garden is. Where in your life do you feel like you can act on the things that inspire you and feel like your actions matter? 
Remembering abundance, we can understand that there are so many places in the world that are like gardens. There are so many ways we can move physically and metaphorically, and so many parts of our lives where we can live well, knowing that our labor will transform the world around us. When we feel that we can work from a sense of groundedness in our values, our transformative labor works toward abundance. And the miraculous thing about this kind of hope is that we never know what possibilities will open up, what new relationships and ideas will open up. If we, only, if we focus only on what we find in evidence, we stay stuck, unable to move into possibilities that we can't even imagine. So this is why I believe that the seed is the perfect metaphor for hope. In one small grain is a neat little package that has everything this little being needs to sustain itself and give abundantly to the world around it. I want to ask you to imagine a single wheat berry. I once lived on a farm during wheat season, so this is the vision in my head. So a wheat berry, it can fit between your thumb and your forefinger. And when planted, this seed will produce 300 to 400 more grains of wheat in one season. And when you hold a single grain of wheat, it's hard to know the possibility inside, hard to envision the large plant body it will grow into or the people it will help feed. Where is there evidence in a single wheat berry to hint at what it can become? And whether frozen still in the cold winter ground or held in a gardener's shed or a seed bank, the seed will not start growing until it's energized. By the heat of the sun and the community of life that makes up the soil, the seed will become movement, rooting down and stretching up to the clouds. This is where one seed becomes hundreds. By sowing the seed and putting our labor into the land, the seed does the work it needs to do, and by the miracle of growth, ripples are sent through our interdependent web of life. And in recent years, we are seeing this kind of hope spring up in pockets all around the world. It is the kind of hope that springs up out of what seems like lifeless soil, insisting that there is more growth and possibility than the evidence points to. One of the pockets of hope in action that inspires me is in the world of climate change and justice for our climate. We ask ourselves, how is it that we as a species create life, create conditions for life on this planet that we as individuals would never choose for ourselves? This is a question we can ponder for a lifetime, but I hope we can agree partially that the structures of power that make crucial decisions about how we relate to this planet have been created in a way that is not accountable to the environment. Western colonial governments and corporations exist today with the power that they have because for centuries they have seen the earth as an endless input for their machines to exploit rather than a space of reciprocal relationship. Furthermore, our systems of power have always seen non-white lives as expendable in the race toward progress and have decimated indigenous heritages all over the world which hold deep wisdom about how to nourish reciprocity and live in balance. They create us as consumers to buy into this destructive market as if we didn't have a choice in the world they are manifesting. But there are leaders like seeds springing up from grassroots communities to remind us that we do have a choice and that we can find hope when we take action. Um, earlier, someone lifted up the name of Greta Thunberg her and other youth leaders of the climate justice movement in organizations like the Sunrise Movement and Fridays for Future have so much to teach us about insistent hope and have a call to action for the whole world. 
This Friday, September 20th, Youth Everywhere, in all 50 states and in over 150 countries throughout the world, are leading us in a global climate strike. This strike comes on the eve of an emergency climate action summit held at the United Nations, and it is intended to set the tone for this historic event by reminding world leaders that we need them to choose active hope and to be a part of this movement as well. And Unitarian Universalism calls us to witness to the pain of the earth and all beings that share it with us and to act to disrupt the causes of this destruction. This week, that call is leading us into the streets, to the houses of government in Boston, a city that is already experiencing the effects of seawater rise. I know that many of you have already heard this call to action. It is printed in your announcements, and I know there's going to be an announcement about it shortly. Um, but I hope you'll join, join me there. I'll be there. And by all means, I want to encourage you to join in this hope movement. But more importantly, I want you to find the places where your movement creates hope in your whole life. Whatever your garden is for you, tend it. Find inspiration in a grain of wheat. And this is my blessing for us today. May we move our bodies and use them to plant seeds in unlikely places and be ready for some of them to grow beyond what we can imagine. And may we find joy in the process. May it be so. Amen. <laughs>